This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. If the world is still turning, I have no clue when we record this, if we're going to make it to the 19th. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? Hey, everyone. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to pastor, former NFL player, author, Derwin Gray. Uh, we talked to him about what the Christian responsibility is in the world right now. There's a lot of Christian responsibility in the world right now. We need to. It's going to be a good conversation. Yeah, uh, we also have. Say, it's going to be. It's, it's about I a can't 15, wait. It's about a 15 hour interview. So buckle <laughs> up. Good lord. Uh, we also have slices and your feedback. It is weird. It is weird being on the 19th. You know, making a show for the 19th, yeah. the day yeah. before a lot. It's supposed to happen and not knowing we're recording this on what the 13th I yeah mean, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. just curious what they know that we don't you know like yeah, it yeah. feels so weird yeah <laughs> it does yeah, exa- exactly like if this is some sort of yeah our future selves know uh, either we're very either like everything's like hey man i can't the last five, seven days were uneventful <laughs> everything calmed like, down oh yeah. my gosh i'm gonna have to find a way to tin it back to my old self and let them know things are getting crazy you know like, <laughs> listen all we gotta do is reverse the flow of time figure this thing out and and just <laughs> figure out a way to kind of warn ourselves what we're in for I, it is like here this is this is kind of where i've been uh conflicted i mean all you know you guys are are all parents and you know i've been trying to like protect my kids from otherwise from events that would otherwise be like hey this is cool like let's watch the presidential inauguration usually it was not a partisan Uh, thing it would just be like hey we can all kind of get together and watch a moment in history doesn't matter who you voted for it's like hey this is a cool ceremonial thing that been happening for hundreds of years now it's like oh i don't i don't i don't really know if we should be, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen it is can a we put scary that on a tape delay yeah it's it's a good five minute buffer for the kids you know like like just make sure that everything's all right like the grammys yeah yeah exactly it's like when a wild card walks up to accept an award you can tell they had a little too much a cocktail hour you're like i don't know what the weekend's gonna say right now but i want to get the kids in the other room do you guys, you know, kind of just, I feel like there's kind of this low hung anxiety that's kind of been there for a while, but especially since the event, the, the horrible events of a few weeks ago, do, do you, how do you guys deal with that sort of from a mental health perspective? Do you guys spend a lot of time like doom scrolling and trying to stay up on kind of the latest twists and turns of, of a lot of these scandals? Or do you put kind of mental energy into, into this? Because obviously a lot of it is reasonably is, is outside of the control of what most of us can, can do what what how do you guys deal with that letting it occupy real estate in your mind i probably should get paid for this but i just play roblox like i play paintball on roblox do That's you get it. most of your news from instagram derek because you're on instagram a lot is that um yeah i i, I like Instagram, Twitter, I kind of, I don't, I don't think I spend a lot of time doom scrolling. Maybe I do, but I, I, I'll put it this way. When I'm on social media, I'm kind of, I don't really care about the news. 
Um, You're there for the joke. I kind of am looking for funny, funny memes. It's kind of my thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because the thing about the news, I just realized this. At, I think it was a couple years ago. Like mankind is not meant to know all the things that we can know now. Hmm. I just don't think our brains are. And there was a time when you only knew kind of what was going on in your community. I mean, even when I was growing up, it's like, yeah, if something happened in Tennessee, you know, it'd be big news. But stuff happening in Wisconsin and 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 Nevada and someplace way, way overseas, it'd have to be really, really big for us to be aware of it. And now it's like, boom, this happened in this county over in Washington and this. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to use this for entertainment for the most and part. And you wouldn't know about it till like the six o'clock news. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, wouldn't know yeah. at noon. It's not yeah. just yeah. right in your face all the time. So I yeah. try to honestly avoid the news. Uh, and if I get stuff, I'll look and say, dang, that's crazy. And then I just kind of go back to looking for funny memes. It, it, it's yeah, it's like these days, it's like if you don't kind of give yourself some sort of shelter from all this, like for me, it's like I can be totally content and happy and then see a tweet that's like, oh, my gosh, the my pillow guy just said something else crazy. <laughs> and then I like get that sinking feeling of like, dude, th- things are nuts right now. Not only is it the my pillow guy saying crazy things, but the my pillow guy, the president of the United States listening to like, this is scary. It, yeah. it is. It is like For I do sure. feel like putting up sort of intentional boundaries to kind yeah, of shelter yourself from. Yeah, you, you know, I feel like it's important, but it's hard to do. You know, yeah, I, we don't ever have the news on in our house. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, my parents watched the news every night, and we just don't. Uh-huh. I've always not wanted my kids to see it so much, and so I just don't have it on a lot. But I wake up and every morning read just on my app, the New York Times, and that's the news that I get. I'm not on Twitter. I don't do Twitter, yeah. um, and that's how I kind of take in the news for me i you know obviously we're covering stuff so you know tyler's way closer to it and team's way closer to it than i i have to be but for me like for my mental health i had i learned the hard way i had to create those boundaries that you're talking about jesse um i've i've stopped watching cable news i i if i watch the news i watch news programming i don't watch the opinion shows i just i don't care about their talking head opinions, you know, that to me is where the fan, the, the flames get fanned. And I just don't want to watch that. I'll do kind of what you're talking about, Jamie. I, every morning and afternoon, I will check three or four sites of varying perspectives, you know, like I'll make sure that I'm checking the conservative, a little bit more left-leaning down the middle, and then just kind of seeing what stories are covering, staying up on it. Cool. And then I'm I'm off on, you know, I'm playing Candy Crush or something. Like, I'm not going to sit there and dwell on it. So <laughs> I'm with you, Derek. Yeah. I, I, yeah, man. Like, it's kind of, it. the news is just overwhelming. If you just yeah. kind of just stay inundated in it, you got to give yourself some space. And, and that's why yeah. I go. And, that's, I, and also, Jamie, I'm with you. I don't, or, or Cameron, I'm with you. I don't watch CNN MSNBC, Fox, because it's the same loop over and over yep. again. It's just yep. people saying yep. the same thing yep. over and over again. So anytime I cut it on, it's it's like, yo, what they lying about today? That's right. kind of really kind of my yeah. perspective. So what like, is what, are they lying what is about? the best middle of the road? I mean, news honestly, stories. honestly, there's ones like the AP and different ones that are just like AP. news reporters. You know, uh, the New York Times would be a little bit left leaning. I read that every day. Drudge mm-hmm. Report would be right leaning. Russia I today, read that every if day. You, if you want, Russia. Wait, what today, do you read? That's right. Russia, Russia today. Russia okay. today. Yeah. yeah. 
I I I I look at the Daily Beast every day. Like their <laughs> their their cheat sheet has a is is pretty good. Reliable. They Daily got, Beast. I, I'm yeah, a I big Breitbart fan, honestly. Like I, I'm like yo. Between saw, you know Rush of the guys, Day and Breitbart, that's kind of what I do. I know someone that used to read something called the Rapture the Rapture Report. <laughs> what is the Rapture Report? It, it was like, it up it's later. like an Elijah list thing, right? Like what is all, an Elijah list? It, it, it's all the all the secret prophets telling each other secrets. Like basically, like yeah. I, th- th- there were th- those sort of like the prophetic newsletter business was like a yeah. thing for a while. A where big it thing was in like, the early two thousands, man. Yeah. Prophetic where, newsletter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the prophets, like John Paul, I don't even whoever, know if that's even a thing. Whatever. Anymore. They had like a mailing list, an email mailing list where they would send out prophetic words and stuff. And, and that, then the intercessor groups would pray about all the prophetic words. And it was a thing, man. They'd work themselves into frenzy. You mean to tell me I could get prophecies in my mail? Well, Well, you could in like, you could when I was in college. But but, yeah. And and it's like kind of weird as, as, as that is in retrospect, you know. Since then, I mean, there are people who have monetized prophecy, literally, you know, like I just watched the video yesterday. Yes. About someone who had angels visited him this summer and then he wrote a whole book about it and you could go to his web. It was the guy who was putting the curses on everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, are you talking about hey, the the, the, uh, the the dude that did the hex from the pulpit with the soft piano music? Oh, it was awful, what? awful. <laughs> I, I what are you talking this. about? What are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't see it. Did you see this, Cameron? No. What are we talking about? Go on my Instagram and look at the last post I did. Well, it probably won't be the last post now, but Doctor Bob Rogers he puts a hex on anybody that didn't vote for Trump, pretty much. So yeah. it's like I hope and, you, and, I hope you get sick. In the name you of the lose Lord. all your money. He also wrote a book this, the, called The Visitation Book, where he was visited by angels and gave him prophecy. And you can go on his webpage and buy it if you want. Sweet. Well, that <laughs> sounds like I, I'm, this I'm, is a scammer. That new, yeah, it's not yeah. a preacher. This is a scammer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will say this. This this was going to be my slice, but I feel like it's. I, I I'll call an audible. I have another funny one that I want to talk about. But yeah, pull us out. This is a. <laughs> Okay, a, a study from the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania and the School of Communication at Ohio yeah. State University. I sound like I'm like closing an NPR show. Special thanks to our <laughs> underwriters from the Annenberg School for Communication. Um, but they conducted a study and they actually found that um, the best way to consume news and their, their metrics for it was, are you likely to remember the content or are you re- re- likely to share the content hmm. um, is actually from humor related news sources, not non humorous. You're actually you have better retention and you're more likely to share it if you see it like on The Daily Show or the Colbert. Oh, 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 OK, got you. Yeah. But there's a whole kind of political humor um, entertainment vertical that's been around for a long time, but it's really found new life, especially with like the Pod Save America uh, crew. That's the best way if you're looking for uh, for actual retention, humor versus straight up news. Hmm. But I think kind of you can read between the lines, and I think there's also if you know it kind of helps in that mental health aspect too to kind of take your medicine with a dose yeah. of sugar. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Hmm. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Trevor, for that on the Daily Show. Yeah. For real. I miss He's I, hilarious. I've He's I, hilarious. over the last five years I've really missed John Stewart. You know. Like I not no disparaging sure. Trevor. I'm just saying he was such an important voice. You know, like oh man. Anyway. All right. Well stay tuned. Up next, it slices. Yeah, I've never seen something quite like you. I've never seen. 
You're listening to Role Model. The song is Blind. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, well, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there is a new app that has been skyrocketing to the top of the charts in the Google Play Store and Apple. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's called Parlor. Now, <laughs> now, wait, you may think I'm talking about Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, the app that has been scrubbed from humanity for the Internet. Yeah, for oh, uh, being okay. a breeding ground for uh, organizing hate groups. I'm actually not referring to that parlor. I'm referring to the parlor that's spelled P-A-R-L-O-R, which people mistakenly thought they were downloading oh, no. the other parlor. And suddenly <laughs> the parlor with the O this is, great. is back this on is top. Great. Uh, <laughs> what is it actually <laughs> well it's existed for over a decade and uh has just kind of been floating out there until their name made the news and people started downloading it mistakenly thinking they were downloading oh my the hate parlor uh it looked like a swing at a really kind of convoluted idea like it, this is their 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 tagline the first and only social talking network it's clear as mud what it does guys it's like <laughs> the first and only social talking network so evidently about 10 years ago a developer had an idea for what was essentially like a kind of a chat roulette type of situation where you would auto it's, listen I, I i do not want to disparage whoever invented parlor uh this one that because they're having a lot of success right now guys they're blowing they up woke there. up one day and we're like what is actually <laughs> yeah. happening they were but, like yes but it's a terrible <laughs> idea like. like i'm just calling what it is it didn't take off when they launched it a decade ago because terrible <laughs> idea who wants to randomly get on a phone call with somebody like that's oh, what it's it worst does nightmare that's what it does. You can go into these different like topics and rooms. Like, say you want to talk. It's Clubhouse. Yeah, it, yeah. And yeah. so, like, here for example, let's say I want to go into the VIP fan clubs room. I will randomly be on the phone with like another Billie Eilish fan. Hypothetically, there aren't a lot of active users, so you're probably uh, a couple reporters downloaded it, try it out. The a few people that got on the phone with somebody, the, they got hung up on almost immediately. So it's a it's a very odd app. It was a big swing. It just didn't work out. But the developer never removed it from the stores. So right now, theoretically. There's a lot of very angry right wing radicals making <laughs> random phone calls in a, 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 a dated web 1.0. Like it's it's totally janky. It is. It looks like a janky old it. like wannabe MySpace from a decade ago that barely functions. So congratulations, Parlor. Your day your day has finally arrived. Maybe people will start using it. Maybe be like, hey man, I was actually accidentally downloaded Parlor and I got a pretty good convo in the VIP plant or the, oh, the celebrity users vertical, which there is a, one where you can evidently talk to celebrity users. Those unclear what celebrities are using it. Uh, hypothetically, if you were a celebrity oh and you downloaded the app, go right there because they'll plug you up with a fan. So, <laughs> congrats, Marla. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, what do you have, Derek? 
So, I don't know if you guys know who Andrew Yang is. Absolutely you do. Because he, yeah. uh, you know, politician, stands for universal basic income. I think that's dope. He feels like automation is going to, you know, going to be the future and it's taking people's jobs. Well, he's running for mayor. So, when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, that's crazy, man. He's running for mayor. Like, I rock with Andrew Yang. I think he's a, a great candidate. Mayor Seems of like New York he City. A, yeah, right. yeah, running for mayor in New York City. Well, uh he pissed off a lot of people from New York because he he doesn't live in New York. He lives outside of New York. And, you know, the reason why he says we live in a two bedroom apartment in Manhattan. And so, like, can you imagine trying to have two kids on virtual school in a two bedroom apartment and then trying to do work yourself? And kind of an odd time because that's probably a lot of New Yorkers right life. now that's kind of living that way so it's kind of mm-hmm. almost it was a it was a it was a bad form and I think this was uh, he's gonna get in a little trouble yeah well, well with the people and it's like well yeah we, we everyone half of New York can imagine what that that's like because that's been their life and how beneficial would it be to have a mayor who sees the need for some sort of child care solution because yeah. there's a legitimate child care crisis happening across the country right now instead of being like, well, guys, I had to get out of town. I mean, I'll run your city, but I can't live here. And I like Andrew Yang, but it does yeah, seem- Yeah, I rock with him. It, it, it seems so uh, just, you know, out of touch. Yeah, out, yeah, out of touch, privilege touch and out of touch where, where yeah. it's like, dude, yeah, exactly. Everyone's struggling here because the, the people in, a, in power have not made any effort to solve a crisis that was thrust upon all of us which mm-hmm. is schools are closed but parents still got to work and you know for people that don't have childcare solutions especially in big urban areas where you, you know you you actual physical proximity to people is is a concern you, you know it, it does seem like i would want my elected official to have a pretty good grasp of that situation even if it means for some sure. first mm-hmm. struggling you know for sure do we think he's going to win I mean, like I know it's early. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I don't even. I mean, I don't even know who he's running against. I mean, I, I rock with him. I think he has some good ideas, but I don't know that 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 would that would upset me if I lived in New York. I'm like, well, dang, you know, yeah, I wish right. I had enough money to just. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wish yeah. I was able to do that. You know, yeah, yeah. that would take Comes me off, off as a little an bit. outsider. Yeah. yeah. Out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Jamie? All right. So today's Tuesday. Tomorrow is the inauguration. Uh, Everyone ready for this tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Well, (laughs) maybe. Theoretically. In theory. (laughs) As of last week, we're ready for this, but we'll see what's happening. Uh, But actually, you can actually watch the inauguration right now, uh, tomorrow when it happens. Um, MSBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC, they're all going to air it. And guess who's hosting it, you guys? Our very own. Tom Hanks. I was trying to think of a movie name and I could not think of him quickly. Our very own Tom Hanks. Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips will be hosting uh, this and it's going to be, they're hosting it and they're going to have musical guests, um, Justin Timberlake, who I am a huge Justin Timberlake fan. I've been actually listening to his new song this morning. Uh, So he's performing and Aunt Clemens, which I don't know who that is because I'm not cool and out of touch. Uh, Demi Lovato will be there. So you can watch it if you want. You don't have to be there. Which we could always do that. That's not something new. But Tom Hanks is hosting it. Look, I'm gonna keep it real. Anybody that's thinking about storming the inauguration or the Capitol when Tom Hanks is hosting it, I'm gonna personally beat you 
if you do that because mm-hmm. if you Are hurt they... America's dad we're, we're Dude, having fights hold on, hold on. Like, no as problem of, hold on, as of today can people actually go still I mean is it open to anyone now I don't know uh, nah Airbnb just closed I they're saw like that. no Airbnb so I think that thing is going to be locked down so tight but the people who who the conspiracy theorists who stormed the Capitol, those are the same conspiracy theorists who believe QAnon, and they they believe those actual people believe that Tom Hanks is a ringleader of Q or oh, that's of right. the yeah. pedophile of the, ring. The ring. So, yeah. so you're talking Hanks? about yes, dude. And here's how I found out about that because. We posted about Tom Hanks, you know, six months ago on Instagram. I we talked about it. And, yeah. I, and I just made a joke about like America's dad says, wear masks, everybody, because he recovered from COVID or whatever. Right. He's one of the early celebrities. And the comments blew up about y'all are, are promoting a pedophile. And, da, da. and I'm like, what? And so I literally called Jesse and Tyler and was like, what are they talking about? Yeah. And they explained to me the Q theory that they think Tom Hanks and Bill Clinton and and Hillary Clinton are, are all part of this of, yeah. cabal with child trafficking and pedophilia. And so you're talking about like y'all crazy people. If you leave Tom Hanks alone, I'm going. They come after Tom Hanks. Like the they crazy actually think part he's about part of that. It. The crazy part about that whole like you believe the you know there's. I mean, I, I definitely believe there's a, a group of people that are really powerful that move the government in different ways. They're called billionaires, right? Like <laughs> white billionaires. <laughs> it's like they're called billionaires. But at the same time, like I guess the crazy part about the whole QAnon thing with people being like the, the QAnon dudes have a legit shaman, like the guy that that's what a shaman does is like, like, I don't know what his deal is, but I'm like, why are you listening to some random guy in Florida in his basement? Tell y'all lies. I don't get it. Well, and, and yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's a really great book that if people, and and I feel like I've, this book was probably published 10 or 15 years ago, uh, but it's by a journalist named John Ronson, uh, who I, I mean, I love John Ronson. Um, Ron Swanson. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Not to be Ron confused with Ron Johnson. So John Ronson, he he's written a lot of really good. Um, Mark Ronson's dad, right? Yeah, exactly. He's he's he, he produces some bangers too. Um, <laughs> he brings some some fire behind the uh, you know on the, <laughs> on the 808s. Um, so no, but so John Ronson wrote this book years ago called Them. Uh, he's a he's a journalist originally from uh, the UK, but the the it was. The, the basic he embedded himself with conspiracy theorists uh, from across, you know, the spectrum of conspiracy theories to try to understand why they believe like they do. And in fact, a young Alex Jones makes an appearance in the last chapter of the book while him and John Ronson infiltrate this place called Bohemian Grove. Have you guys ever heard of Bohemian Grove? It's yeah, sort of, I've heard of it. It's sort of the ground zero for this evil cabal. And when you read about it, the actual could be human grove. It is like, what the heck's going on there? We're it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Billionaires and uh, ex presidents and celebrities go and they worship at the foot of this owl altar and do these weird ceremonies. It is weird stuff. But in John Ronson's book, and they actually infiltrate Bohemian Grove. He goes in with now famous conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, who at the time was a budding conspiracy theorist. But the book not only kind of gets to the root of why some of the people who believe these crazy things believe them, because, you know, around all of the theories, there are nuggets of easily explainable truths that they just kind of stretch out to the the most extreme theories, uh, but also sort of 
you know, the disenfranchised, you know, often what accompanies people who believe in conspiracies are disenfranchisement and disillusionment. They feel mm. like they have in some way been di- disenfranchised, whether that's financially, whether that's socially, whether that's in, in the, like a religious, spiritual uh, sense. And that was a common thread, whether this was mm. a, a Muslim extremist who had conspiracies about, um, right. y- you know, kind of certain things or kind of right wing conspiracy theorists. In this book, it was it, it's really interesting. I would encourage people to read it if they're interested in this topic. It's called Them. And it doesn't just try to humanize conspiracy theorists, but it tries to help people understand the reason why they believe like they do, because ultimately that's the only way we can prevent this in the future, is mm. understanding mm. kind of the humanity behind all the horribleness and try to make people who are disenfranchised feel heard so that they can actually enter into a dialogue instead of a monologue, if that makes sense. I think what's interesting about that is a lot of the conspiracy theorists, they always are like (laughs) calling me some sort of like snowflake if I don't agree. You know, they're like, you didn't do your research and you're a snowflake. But then like when I'm listening to what you just said, it's like we need to treat them like snowflakes. What's a snowflake? Like, that's what people say. They're like real soft tempered, low temperament, get angry real easy. They need to feel heard. Get it out. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I guess the thing is, I'm not saying we don't need to do that. I'm just saying it's just ironic that that's their big thing is calling people snowflakes and saying you don't, you, you know, you're you're thin skinned and all of that. But it's like the it's really they just need a hug. Yeah. They need to be heard. Is what it's, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's a derogate. It's become a derogatory term because every snowflake is unique, right? And so people will throw it around for people like, "Oh, you were told you're special. You were told you're unique. You're your own little snowflake." You know, but but ironically, to Derek's point, a lot of people who le- levy that insult are people who feel deep senses of isolation, and right. I, I I don't think it's I don't think it is. Um, necessarily uh, a coincidence that this uptick in extremism based on conspiracy theories has happened during a global pandemic where a lot of people are isolated and their mm-hmm. only connection to the world is an internet connection. And and I, I really do think that sense of isolation just underscores that that sense of di- you know disenfranchisement because the, the only s- source of communication they have is from people online and we already know what being online and anonymity and mm-hmm. the the creation of <laughs> of confirmation bias echo chambers we already know what that does it's just pouring gas on a fire at that point mm. you know yeah. And to be clear, while we completely denounce as absurd the QAnon conspiracy theory about the cabal of whatever, we do not uh, belittle the reality of child trafficking rings and sex trafficking. We know that's a global crisis. And there's a lot of amazing organizations like A21 and so many others that are on the front lines fighting it. So, you know, I saw that kind of going around last night when somebody was debunking like or, or saying you're ridiculous for believing QAnon. A lot of the adherents or believers in it were like, how could you deny that children are being trafficked? Okay, listen, children no one's doing do that. get trafficked, yeah. but it's not by Bill Clinton and Tom Hanks. So, you know, just, yeah. And, and, and exactly. also just to be clear about something else, you're going to clear the waters, Cameron. I'm going to clear the waters too. Everyone it. is a snowflake. You are unique. 
You are made in the image of God. You are your own person. So you be a snowflake, you you little cute little snowflake out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Derwin Gray joins us. You're listening to Aya Gloomy. The song is Micro Creature. Thurman Gray is the founder and lead pastor of Transformation Church in South Carolina. He's the author of The Good Life, which is all about what Jesus says about finding true happiness. We sat down with Derwin this week to talk about what the Christian responsibility is in the world right now and much more. Here's our conversation with Derwin Gray. So first off, I just want to ask how the last couple of weeks have been for you all since uh, the events at the Capitol. I'll give more of a personal reflection. It, it, it was it was like I was sad for the United States of America. Like like I I love my country. Um, I love Jesus, and I just found myself just just sad um, to see uh, these people who had been incited for years by President Trump to actually follow through on the vile rhetoric that had been communicated, not just that day, but for years. And so to see that at the human level, it was incredibly uh, devastating. So I took a day just to really mourn and to really pray. How do we as followers of Jesus respond to that? Number one, we respond by remembering that the city on a hill is not a country. It's God's people who are redeemed in Christ, that we are to be a beatitude kind of community that is salt and light, that we are to be uh, blessed are the merciful for they will find mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they'll be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for for my sake. And, And so it's really a call to be the church. Does politics matter? Yes. Should we vote? Yes. However, understanding that we are the party of the lamb and not the party of the donkey, and not the party of the elephant. Obviously, something that we saw a lot of uh, during this insurrection at the Capitol was the prominence of a lot of uh, what I'll call Christian paraphernalia, right? Uh, so what's what's the responsibility of Christians right now in light of this very unholy union that's been uh, festering for a long time now? Yeah, so what I would say is that Christian nationalism has been a problem in the United States. And so at the U.S. Capitol, that was kind of like the baby was delivered, but the pregnancy has always been there. And so let me make sure I'm defining terms. 
Uh, Christian nationalism, in essence, means this, that America is divinely ordained by God, and it's a Christian nation, but not in the terms that we would understand Christian, but it's, but, but, you know, God, freedom, and guns, you, you, you know. Um, so Christian nationalism has been an incredible problem for a long time, but what made it really fester up like a volcano is many of the Christian nationalists, which is oftentimes the underbelly of white supremacy, um, neo-Nazism and all types of stuff, the Proud Boys, um, oftentimes what happens is they're waiting for someone to normalize their dysfunction. Not everybody who has the perspective of this is our country has evil motives. Many of them are living in fear because in the majority culture and even within the church, if you haven't been discipled the right way, you will tend to think, well, yeah, because of my ethnicity is white. Well, this is our nation. And the reality is no, it's all of our nations, but as citizens of, king, of, of of God's kingdom, we should treat each other in a Philippians 2, 3, and 4 way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves and look not only out for your own interest, but for the interest of others. I'm sure you've heard the call from some leaders that that now's the time for unity. It's time to move on, leave what's in the past in the past. Uh, how would you speak to these calls to just simply move on? The way I would speak to that is like saying, uh, it's like you go into the doctor and they find a massive cancer tumor in your lungs and say, hey, there's this massive tumor in your lungs, but don't worry about it. Just go home and get on with life, right? No, you cannot have unity. You cannot have reconciliation unless you have a moment of truth of what caused disunity and what breaks fellowship. And so there has to be this reckoning or recognizing and calling out, no, this was wrong. So case in point, when there were Black Lives Matter protests and overwhelming majority of them were peaceful, but when there were groups that started burning down buildings and doing those things. None uh, uh, violence is wrong. That needs to be called out. You can't have unity. Even with God, you cannot have reconciliation with God the Father through Christ until you acknowledge, hey, I'm estranged from him. I, I have sinned. And so for politicians, there needs to be politicians who say, hey, we, we have normalized dysfunctional behavior at the altar of political expediency. And I'm sorry, and I'm wrong, and we need to move forward. But that needs to happen in pulpits. Uh, one thing that I will say in minority pulpits, uh, it's fairly normative to discuss these issues. And so what I would say, particularly in pulpits of the church growth movement and more of some of the conservative evangelical pulpits and in their discipleship, there needs to be this, man, we have been political pawns for uh, a particular kind of, of politics. And then also on the left, you, you know, that it works both ways. And you know, what would you say to people who are, would say something like, uh, I'm not a fan of what happened at the Capitol. I don't condone it, but but I like the guy's politics, even if I don't necessarily like all of his character. 
uh, people are, maybe are taking offense uh, to the idea of being grouped in with what happened in D.C.? Uh, what I would say, the first thing is eat the meat and throw away the bones, because I know a lot of good people that love Jesus who their conscience said, hey, I cannot vote for Joe Biden because of his stance on abortion. I don't agree with Trump. I don't like a lot of things that Trump does. But hey, here are some good policies. You know, uh, we don't hear much about Al Qaeda. Um, we see that particularly for African-Americans with the opportunity zones with Senator Tim Scott, we see that he done that he's done some great things with uh, financial resourcing to historic black colleges. You know, so so with every political group, there are a mixed bag. Right. And so for someone who's conscious says, hey, listen, I'm not for Christian nationalism. I'm not for those things. This is simply where I landed, right? Um, then what I would say to those folks is eat the meat, throw away the bones. And if it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't apply to you. But then I would also say for people on the political left who have made the political left an idol as well, right? And so I think as Christians, we we have to be nuanced. And I think it's healthy that we have believers in both political parties. We get offensive and offended when our idols are toppled. And that's what we see happening in our culture on the left and on the right. But I'm called to be a part of the kingdom of God, which is going to flesh out in nuanced and beautiful ways wrapped in love. How do we as people trying to be mindful of the times nurse that sense of justice, right and wrong, without that turning that anger turning into a, a bitterness or a, or a hatred, something that's that's spiritually unhealthy for us? Yeah, Ephesians four twenty six: um, Be angry, but do not sin. And the devil and demonic dark forces win when righteous indignation turns into unholy bitterness and resentment. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that I taught our staff at Transformation Church, this German word zeitgeist, and uh, I like to say it because it makes me sound smart. And, and so, but zeitgeist simply means the spirit of the age. And what will happen is as Christians, instead of relying upon the eternal Holy Spirit, we get caught up in the spirit of the age, like, look at this person, they're vile and, and they're this and they're that. My question for you and my question for me is when I look condemning upon a person, even though they're deserving, how did Jesus look upon me and my sin? He looked upon me with eyes that said, I'm going to the cross. So my thing is the bloody cross and the resurrection power gives me the capacity to see injustice, to see unrighteousness, to see racism, but that cannot make me not act like a Christian. So everybody's redeemable. Now that doesn't mean that they don't go to jail for what they did. Yeah, totally. Here's what I'm learning. Me loving people, even though they don't love me, may not change them to love me, but it certainly will not change me to not love them.
That was Derwin Gray. Make sure to check out his book, The Good Life, and all the stuff he's doing. He's we, we're big fans. to Sophie in this world the song is melody it's featuring peanut butter wolf all right it's time for your feedback last week we got talking about the david hasselhoff auction which is as of as of this recording still ongoing and the kit night rider car is over a which million dollars i listened and was crying laughing in the car over a million dollars and <laughs> jesse as of this recording remember last week the david hasselhoff 14 foot a Baywatch statue that was for sale. It yes. had a bid last week. Yeah. It no longer has a bid. It's being listed as $100,000 with zero bids. So I don't know I what mean, happened. Yeah, well, I, 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 they had the, to repost it up again. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Shockingly, I mean, yeah. someone who's willing to bid $100,000 on a 14 foot uh, uh, David Hasselhoff, you know, statue. statue down. It, <laughs> Isn't all that trustworthy? That's a big shock to me. That would not uh, be. That does not strike me as a flaky person. It got us thinking about the weirdest purchases we've ever made. So we uh, asked you guys for last week's question of the week: What's the weirdest purchase you've ever made? You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you posted on uh, the Relevant Magazine Instagram post as well. Here's a few of our favorites. I love John Gurley, and I don't know why he would say this is weird. He said, when I was, uh, I was not only an 80s kid, uh, he said he wasn't the only 80s kids to purchase this with his teenage urging. Nunchucks, ninja stars, a pair of size, several swords, throwing knives, and bladed throwing cards from a flea market. Dude, that sounds awesome. Bladed he's, throwing he's cards? Hawkeye. No, yeah. he's Hawkeye. Yeah. Is what he is. He's Hawkeye is what he is. He just went and got all of Hawkeye's tools. So there you go. John also purchased a sticker that said, I love G-R-I-T-S, which grits. stands I for love grits. Girls Raced in the South. Oh, no. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. He says he all put right. it on the dashboard of his 1990 Camaro. <laughs> Hey, the, the, the people that had the grits shirts and the people who own Big Dog t- its a perfect circle. It's a perfect circle. Like I guarantee you had a No Fear shirt in the mix too. All right, so Princess Librarian has she had bought a bidet. She said, "My prize possession that no one wants to hear about." She got it at Costco. So right after she went and got some eggs and 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 you know grabbed a bidet <laughs> on the way on <laughs> toilet paper. She's I like, have friends that have bidets in all of their bathrooms and love them. Why? Yes. How do you how do you dry? I don't even, huh? I don't even like when I poop and the water kind of splashes on my booty. <laughs> Like, I don't even like that feeling. So I don't know if I want just like a jet stream. Just I don't want to be hosed down. But and like, do you have to towel off when you get up? Like, I, how do you? They say it's cleaner. How do you complete the transaction? I don't want to. I don't Listen, want a I don't wet have bottom. One, but Princess Librarian does. Good for her. <laughs> to be honest, guys, I'm just going to steer right around this one. If that's okay. <laughs> I, I, see, I see something on the road. I'm just going to kind of go in the other lane for a sec. So you guys continue. <laughs> oh, my goodness. John B. The John B. said that it only sort of answers it, but this year his sister in the U.S. tried to send 
him, uh, who's currently living in a Muslim country, through customs, a box of pork rinds and other bacon products. And he said it did not work. Oh, so, she's, she's trying to crazy. get him killed. <laughs> trouble. It's what she's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Oh, man. All wow. right. Well, there's more where that came from. Go check them out. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. It's just, you know, it's, it's been a, uh, I was going to say it's been a stressful season in the news cycle, but that's really been the last four and a half years. Uh, but it seems to be at another level right now. Earlier in the show, we got talking about our news intake and figuring out the healthy boundaries to stay informed on one hand, but also like have that balance in our lives. Uh, you know, uh, you guys talked about what did you, what do you play Derek on your phone? I play Roblox, not on my phone, but on my Xbox and I, anybody can get it in paintball. Just letting y'all know I'm a beast. <laughs> uh, Roblox. I play Candy Crush. I've, I've, I've evolved over to many motorways, the Apple arcade game. What do y'all do? What do y'all do to, you know, kind of clear your mind? Well, if we're talking games, I play Toon Blast on my phone and I'm actually really, really good at it. So I'd like everyone to know that. There you go. I, Jesse. I, I, I don't I'm not a big game person. I don't mind. You spend games, time but... with friends and family. Well, no, I, <laughs> d- dude, this is gonna sound like He reads lame. the New this Testament. Gonna, yeah, it, yeah, I do I do <laughs> devotions. I uh make notes on them and I then I get yeah, I get to work on my prophecy email list. Um, <laughs> no, um, I know this sounds so lame, but I'm telling you, going for walks has been my jam oh, yeah. lately. I freaking love just walking. You know, I'm waving to people, chatting them up in the driveway. However, I just like it. I I, I come back feel like a new man. Everyone should walks, walks are awesome. Do you have a I dog or are you dog. just a random dude walking around? He's walking around. No dog. Just a guy. Just a when guy. December started, walks were over for me because I do yeah. not like the cold. I'm just going to keep it real with you, big dog. Jesse, do you walk with your spouse? Like, I've seen couples walking in my neighborhood, but if it's a solo person walking, they have an animal attached to them. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes. By the way, can we talk about, well, I don't, I have a whole thing about like, I don't even know if we want to do this, but here's my problem. I'll never be a dog walker is because like if, if my neighbor's out walking his dog and I'm out, you know, I don't know, just checking the mail, whatever. They're at the end of the street. They're in the street. I'm in the yard and we start chit chatting. I have to pretend that my neighbor isn't holding a bag of dog poop in his hand. Like, are we just not going to acknowledge one of us has a bag of poop in our hand? Like, how weird is that in a vacuum? Like, hey, uh, how about the weather? Oh, it's finally turning. I'm not going to say anything that you have literal poop in your hand. Like, I'm just expected to ignore it as if that's not just an absurd thing to do is to walk around an entire neighborhood holding poop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I can't do it. If you're walking and holding that, don't talk to me. That's that's what I got to say for my fellow walkers. I saw a comedian do a bit once about if aliens, aliens are real, if they looked at humanity, if they looked at America, it would look like dogs are the premium species because humans are their slaves who then pick up their poop after them and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, Maybe that's why we're not getting into the Federation. Maybe that's one of the things. Yeah, the Galactic Federation. Yeah, the Galactic Federation. Yeah, the Galactic Federation. Could yeah. be. Yeah. All right. So for this week's question of the week, we want to know what you do to... Uh, have mental health and balance in such a crazy stressful time. Uh, We all know you're, you love Jesus and you listen to worship music and do devotionals. Okay. So not that the more interesting or unique things 
that it's just kind of your thing. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. In other words, don't Jesus juke us. <laughs> don't Jesus right? juke us. Right. That's right. So like, well, no, we'll, we'll share our favorites next week because maybe we can all jump in and try it out too. You know, we can try different things. It's important right yeah. now to protect yeah. our mental health and have boundaries and figure out other ways to make our brain focus on other things, you know? All right. Hit us up. Uh, oh, you can also post on the Relevant Magazine Instagram page. Well, many thanks to Derwin Gray for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Derwin L. Gray, A-Y, uh, and all the other socials as well. Hey, before we wrap it, I want to remind you to check out the new issue of Relevant. Uh, it features Pharrell Williams on the cover and a ton of other great content. It is available for free at RelevantMagazine.com. Just click on the Magazine tab and there it is. Also, while you're there... Um, sign up for our new daily newsletter. Every weekday morning, we are bringing you the top five most trending articles at Relevant. It's a great way to stay in touch with what's going on. And also click over on the faith section and sign up for our daily Deeper Walk devotional newsletter. Uh, we bring you a daily devotional every morning and delivered in your inbox at like 6 a.m. And also it's available at the website. Check out Deeper Walk and Relevant today over at Relevant. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on... Oh, well, tomorrow's inauguration Friday, day, maybe. so hopefully we'll see them on Friday. Hopefully, Godspeed, everyone. Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs>